Welcome to Eagle Nation. Don't forget to join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter so you never miss an episode. Essendon has narrowly avoided one of the upsets of the season after West Coast nearly pulled off a stunning comeback at Marvel Stadium on Saturday afternoon. After a slow start, Eagles crawled their back into the ascendancy that they denied the win thanks to a late Kyle Langford goal, which secured the Bombers 10-13 to 11-6 victory with less than a minute to go. Uh, guys, I was on the edge of my seat. I'm going to welcome Dan and Wayne. How are you going? Yeah, going well. Yep, good, good. To be, good to be here. <clears throat> um, we're doing this via Zoom because Dan uh, can't come out anywhere. He's had COVID. Unlucky bugger. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, just say it. I've got COVID, so it won't affect anyone. So good <laughs> via Zoom. Uh, we'll be in the studio next week up at Dan's uh, studio. So before we get into that, uh, thanks, Tommy, at Plus Fitness, Seabacca, Hillary's and Jinnot for being our sponsor for the year. And go to Linktree where you can get our access to our socials, Facebook, Instagram and X, not Twitter, it's called X now, and you can download any of the episodes from there as well. Um, <laughs> let's get in the game, guys. Uh, as I said, their score there, one point, Langford five, he is the main goal scorer for Essendon and uh, Cripps 2, Darling 2 and Allen 2. Um, well, you know, I, I don't know how to put that, but at one part there at the end of the game, I'm sitting there going, oh, we won. That's cool. And I started redoing my strategy for the draft. I'm thinking, oh, well, we haven't got Reed anymore, so who do we go? Do I go McCurchin? Do we go McCurtain? I mean Curtin, not McCurtain. Um, who do we go? Um, I don't know how to use or it, Dan, but I know you were hoping for us to kick that last uh, asset and kick the last goal. Yeah, it's, uh, it was very funny emotions because when we got in front, because it's your team and you, you deep down you always want to win, you, you can't help that. I was excited. I was smiling. I was thinking, bugger. <laughs> like, and then when, when, when Essendon kicked that goal, there was a slight bit of disappointment, but there was also a little bit of relief. You know what I mean? Because we've spoken so many times about it. This is a horrible year. We've been branded like the worst team ever and this and that, you know. And and it's not true. Our performance is then second half of the year showing that, you know what I mean? Um but to not walk away with the number one pick. And it, as I said, it, it's not even about read. It's about what that does. You can get the best player or you can trade it out. It opens doors. It's very important. It, 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 no matter what we do, if we keep it, we trade it, it's going to help us massively get out of this hole we're in. Um, but, yeah, it was, to me, the best possible result you could ask for, a gutsy fight back Win that wasn't a win because we lost by a point, but it felt that way. It was like the result we wanted. It showed fight, showed spirit. It was away from home. Uh, we won the first quarter, which we haven't done a long time when we've been away. Um, so there's still so many positives to take out of that game. What about you, Wayne? Yeah, no, look, you know, it was a really great performance. And um, I I know they're, they're highlighting the um, throw up at the end. That's you know you'll bring up was it, but I, I, I think there were two there were two incidents. That, uh, Noah Longshore got a kick in front of goals. That was dead set, not going for the ball and chopped his arms. And um, Oscar Allen actually got shepherded out in that last marking contest by Cox. Clearly, and it was right in front of the umpire. He wasn't even going for anything. He just shepherded him out. So, but I, I just won't when my Ryan Merrick got that goal. And it was great seeing the players so excited. I don't know if you saw the camera go on the simo, and he was putting his arms out. So I was like the same, boys, 
you got this wrong. We're not supposed to be in position. <laughs> yeah, we can't, we, we can't win. <laughs> he was, I don't know whether he was saying, settle down, you know, Jesus, we don't, we don't want to be here or not. But, yeah. but at the end of the day, it was, a, it was a really good – look, at the end of the day, they, they would have been there to win. Wouldn't be thinking the number one because when you have so much heartache during the year, you want to you want to have a high. So, But I'm, I'm happy because we I, I agree with you guys. We got that number one pick. Look, whether we get Harley or whether we get a couple of other picks, you know, we've got to have that number one pick. And I'll say rat because I don't want North Melbourne to get a bloody thing because they've had too much handed to them over the years and I'm sick of it. Well, um, we still got three games to go. As anything can happen, and two of them are at home. So, um, gotta brace yourself. Um, you just brought up the Simo bit about, um, you know, at the end he was saying, "I need one slow down, uh, settle down." Um, I noticed, and once I watched it the second time, we did not put ourselves in. If if we were in a position to win that game, and we wanted to win that game, we would have put a, all our players behind the ball as soon as that ball went up, and we didn't. Uh, but Essendon did. They ran all their players up the field to put them behind the ball. So it's sort of like I think he he didn't do it on purpose. But if he wanted to win, if we wanted to win, we could have put all our players behind the ball and uh, could have stopped that last foray. But it didn't happen. So you know we live another day and hopefully we um, go close in the next three games and don't win them. <laughs> I know that sounds bad, but um, that's just the way it goes. Dan. Yeah. Oh yeah. I just. I thought Wayne said a couple very interesting things. And um, the North Melbourne thing, I agree completely. And Rowan O'Brien, our list manager slash ex-recruiter, and he's moved more list management or whatever, he said it the best. He said, you got to understand, you use the word compensation. Compensation to one club is a handicap for the next club. Yeah. And that's 100% true. So by giving them handouts, they're disadvantaging us yeah. and everyone else. So how can they look at Ruse, who's got enough young players? That's not their issue. They're riddled with young players. They just need time, you know what I mean? To give them more young players and take it away from a team that needs to, you know, fill up basically is a joke. Um, and I think I just love the, the way he said it, you know what I mean? I'll repeat it. He said, you know, uh, it's a handicap to the other clubs basically, you know, so it's compensation to them, but you're hamstringing and in the other clubs, and that's what they're doing. And I think uh, Carlton have come out pretty strong against it too because enough is enough, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you're going to get good picks this year. You've got good picks, like, for three, four years now to develop. And um, quickly with the umpires, I think it was Craig Donahue might be an – he's a rider for the West. Um, I think he's the next umpire. He might still umpire, I don't know. He is, yeah. He's, yeah, he said two of the umpires out there, he said, you got to look at that umpire in fraternity as like what the, a mirror of the West Coast Eagles. Two of them only had 10 or less games. Yeah. So they only had really one good senior umpire out there. And that's where you saw these calls not made. Like Williams holding the ball, you know, it was the third umpire away from that contest that called it. And it was a correct call. He was holding the ball, you know, yeah. it went against us, but it was the right decision. Um, but two umpires missed that because they were 10 games. Yes, they were too nervous to do it. The Noah Long one, I believe, was one of them too, and the throw-up. Yeah. So they're just young rookie umps. And I also find a bit disrespectful. Um, yes, do it, blood them, but maybe have one in each game. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't have two or three in one game um, because, yeah, the, some of that umpiring was there. It was just ridiculous. And so that was the two things that you said, Wayne, and that I like, really agreed with. 
at the end of the day, umpires there and they're going to make mistakes. They're probably going to make more mistakes than players. And uh, end of the day, you just got to play the ball as as it goes. And um, you know, we've been in this caper for a long, long time, playing it and watching it. Umpires have never changed a uh, decision once ever in a game. I don't think so. Um, you know, just get on with it. I know you can pinpoint little bits here and there, but I saw a few free kicks didn't go Essendon's way. So it, it, it swings and roundabouts. Um, let's talk about where we nearly won the game. Uh, Eagles, before this game, their average scoring from uh, defence, gen- generating a score from the defensive half was an average of one goal. And this time they did 43 points. The only other time they've, they've had a, one above a goal was 25 points. So um, 24 of those points come in the last quarter, which, you know, we, we outscored them in the second half. So we, we, we were down 30 points early in the third quarter and our, um, what do you call it, pressure rating was at one of the all-time lows. It was the fourth lowest for the entire season. And um, But you saw in the second half of that third quarter, the Eagles got on top, got ground coverage and got ground position. And, you know, that's where they started to get back into the game. What did you think, Wayne? Yeah, definitely. They, um, <clears throat> as a credit to them, really, I think um, I, I think the young guys really took an, ex- an extra step on the weekend upwards. And it's, a, it's amazing when you get a couple of, experienced good players back out there like um, McGovern and Yo, what that does for all the players, uh, even though I thought Yo got pretty beaten in that first half, but his last quarter was near on match winning down there. So, um, yeah, but I think we got, I think young Hewitt's real, Hewitt's going to be our best player in three years' time. There's no question about that. He's just, got, he's got another level to go to again. And, yeah, I, I agree with you. That, uh, and I think, and I love the way Ryan Merrick plays that forward line. I mean, he's a six-footer, and, you know, he's, again, he's only 18 years of age, nine, nearly 19. You know, our future is looking – our future is much better than I was looking. That's what I reckon. Yeah. And we're not seeing Cully and Burgill this year because they're both out pretty much the whole year with injuries. So you've got another two young kids that I'm pretty high on personally – that we haven't seen, you know what I mean? So they get their bodies right over the pre-season. Uh, Cully obviously will take a few months into the season with his injury. But, yeah, uh, the, the talent is there. The problem is we got slammed saying there was no talent. You had Chester inju- injured. You had Hewitt injured. You had Noah Long injured for a while, you know what I mean? So a lot of the talent that we're seeing now weren't available a month or two ago. So, yeah, I agree. It's just great to see them running around out there, and you really do see the upside to it. Uh, yeah. Was that? Do you know who won the NAB Rising Star this, this week? No, I haven't had a look, so um, I don't really... No, I didn't see it. I tried to see it, yeah. Because I'm hoping it's... Um, I thought you had played enough and did enough to get it this week. Well, that, that, that's the funny thing. I think it's a bit of shambles, a little bit, the Rising Star noms lately. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he got it in a game that he didn't star. He played good. Well, played well, sorry. But didn't dominate, you know, 13 and a goal, I think, so... It'll be interesting to see if they just give it to him this week because he should have got it last week. And I find they do that a little bit with these noms. Yeah, well, they, they, they do do that. And, um, no, I'm having a look now. It hasn't been put on there yet. So um, hopefully it comes up after we've done it. Because um, they, they were trying to talk Elijah Sardis up, if you watch. I watched it again and couldn't believe how much the commentators have gone on about Elijah Larger starters, um, you know, he played all right. Uh, he's a good. Uh, let's let's not downgrade starters here. He's one of our favourites. I know we didn't get him. I know that. Uh, but I'm very good. curious to see how this kid goes. 
We haven't seen him, and he's up there with Wardlaw and Ashcroft. You know, he's a bloody good player. So, oh, here it but is. One game you can't get. You can't get after one game. Like you didn't get it. The rising star for the week is Ollie Hollands from Carlton. Oh, nah, he deserves it. But 20, I thought he'd already won it. Yeah, yeah he's been tackles. He's had a consistent good year. Yeah, twenty yeah. to six tackles, four marks. That's why I won. So <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he hasn't had it up till now, to be honest. He's had a, he's yeah. been pretty during the year. Well, he was yeah, I'm surprised, too, to be honest, Wayne. Like, uh, when he when he named it out, like, last week, Mac Andrew, I wasn't too happy with you not getting it. But as soon as he said Hollands, I was a bit shocked that he hasn't already won it. So, he was one of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, he was one of my favourites th- picked up last year. Yeah, and he went quite late, too. Like, it was quite a talented draft. I know it wasn't deep, deep, but there's still a lot of good plays in the – 20s and 30s, you know? Yeah, he was one of the last ones picked in the first round. Um, but, um, like you said, back there, I don't know who you said, uh, Ryan Marrick, what I loved when he kicked that goal at the end, he grabbed his jumper out. People can't see what oh, I love. That. And, you know, that was great. That, that shows he's wanting to be here. Um, he loved it. And it's it makes a difference when you're not getting beaten by 100. You know, his first two games were our two worst for the year. And now, you know, seeing what we can do out there, you, you did say Yo and um, McGovern back in the team, you know, you had that experience in there and it, sh- it helps the team out. Rotham, I thought, did pretty good when he went back on to Langford because Langford kicked four on Yo in that second term. And when you think about it, Langford kicked half their goal. So he was a difference up forward and he's... As, as watching the Bombers from afar, he's been really good fine for them up forward. Um, the Eagles lost const- the t- contested ball in the second quarter, but we got on top in the third. We went from – the reason why we went out of the game is we controlled the air in the first quarter, didn't in the second quarter. Um, they killed us at stoppages, and they did that all the whole game. But like you said, we got our goals from defensive half, so – there's some of the things that I, I noticed going through the game and I just thought I couldn't say there was a bad player on our team because it was like a team effort. It was pretty good above board. And yeah. even Luke Edwards um, found the ball out wide and he, play, he played, played as a defensive winger. And I know we've been critical about him and that, but I thought he stood up and in his first the first quarter, him and Cole, I think Cole had 14 possessions in the first quarter, 210 Meters gained. Nah, Edwards had ten. So, you know, while they might have had quite second halves, they were they were there in the first quarter. That, you know, we won our like I think Danny said at the start of the show, we won our first quarter. That was the fifth one yeah. for the season. Only one other team's had worse than us, and that's Freo. And we don't do it away. We get smashed in the first quarter away a lot of the time. <laughs> but yeah, that was definitely Luke Edwards's um, best game. I think he's played for the year. Um, he did a bit sneakily and. Um, Good on him. He's another one, like, that was just <laughs> beg your pardon. Sorry if I'm coughing and sniffling to the listeners. As I said, <laughs> I'm a little bit under the weather. Um, but, yeah, he's another one that's just – we got the young kids there, you know what I mean? Um, it'll be interesting to, for me what we do at the end of the year, to be honest, because um, sometimes kids just take a while, you know. Um, I'm going to tell you what, I'm liking Petch's game. He's one as well. It's like took a while. He's not getting huge numbers, but he's impacting. You know, you know what I mean. Like when he when he does something, it's usually pretty special now, and I like that. We see it a lot because he used to just fade in and out of games, and you just wouldn't see him. And 
now he'll get, you know, a dozen disposals or something and a goal, but you've seen a bit of pace, you've seen some bursts, you've seen some great goal assists, you know, he's um liking what I'm seeing there, you know what I mean? I, I highlighted him on the Eagle Nation Facebook page and Instagram page, guys, go and have a look, a couple of things he did there in the second half that sort of got us back in the game, him and Cripps uh, waxing off each other for a couple of goals each. Uh, Wayne had something? Oh yeah, no, as you guys know, I've been a, I've been a pretty big Luke Edwards fan because I've always seen a lot in him, and I'm glad he's starting. And I, look, I was critical last couple of weeks ago. I thought he should have done a bit more, but I'm glad he's. I, and I saw it last week. He put it together in the first half, and this week he went an extra quarter and a bit. And yeah, I I, I think he's a long term player, and there's a lot more in him that I think a lot of us haven't seen. And uh, yeah, and I look. I've been really critical, as you guys know. I've been really critical about Petrocelli, very critical. But his place now has to be in the middle on a halfback flank, and to use his speed because that is his best. And when he uses that, he breaks lines. He's he could be our Nick Shannon Hurt breaking lines. He's reading the ball. And that's the difference. I think he's actually yeah. reading the ball now. So he's um he's running onto it. He's he's putting himself in those positions that he wasn't before. He, he maybe's got a bit of confidence. So um yeah, it's good to see him. Um let's talk about some of the bombers uh players. I've, I just want to quickly touch on them because we did play against them and it was great, great tussle. Uh Langford five goals. He was probably the best up forward. Parish. One goal, 33 disposals, five marks, nine clearances, 586 metres gains. I gave him best for uh, Essendon. I don't know about you guys. Zach Merritt, he did his thing, 29 disposals, seven marks, eight tackles, 492 metres gained, four clearances. He had um, O'Neill trying to run with him and tag him out and Young Hind off half-back, he had a lazy 31 disposals, five marks and 592. He was pretty good. He's pretty quick. So they were the best players for Essendon, I thought, and they kept him in the game. Um, and, you know, I like Essendon from afar because I used to follow them before the Eagles come in. So I always try and watch their better players. But West Coast, Hunt, 24 disposals, seven marks, 497 metres gain. You know, he's back into form. Duggan, he's had a really good year, 29 disposals, 698 metres gained by Duggan. And he played predominantly as a midfielder, so that was pretty good. Wivet and I thought had a pretty good game. Cole, we've mentioned Cripps. Again, two goals, uh, 16 disposals, not as many tackles, but I think he was the best of the forwards. And player of the round, boys, who do you think? We, well, we all agreed on the player around, didn't we? Yeah, Tim Kelly yeah. for sure. It has to be Kelly for sure. Right, you know what I've done? I've just looked at I've just looked at the um, stat sheet here. You right? got Bailey Williams up there. Got last week's in there. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think he had twenty-seven disposals, Kelly, and he no, did he had more than that. Yeah, uh, was it twenty-nine? Third quarter, so alone. Was it twenty-seven or twenty-nine? I think he was high twenties anyway. Um, but I think you. I'm noticing you're not hearing about the trade anymore. When it first happened, you're like, oh, I trade this, you know, we gave too much, blah, blah, blah. I think now that he's just performing so consistently, he's by far our best player right now in this year. I think that's actually starting to quieten down. They realise, well, no, we've got to play here. And he he's that good that he's actually getting respect from over East and our players never get respect from over East unless you're bloody Ben Cousins and Chris Judd. You know what I mean? We, we get a bit unnoticed. And David King's a big fan and even he said that – um. If Cali was playing in a winning side now, 
like he would be all Australian, all Australian side. So could, Liam could yeah, and yeah, Duggan as well. But like with Kelly, it's just to do what he's do. I think it's understated to do what he's doing in a side that's performing so poorly this year. And you know, let's be honest, we are. We only got two wins. To me, that is amazing. Like you don't get players in your club that often that try and just drag that team along all the time. He has. I think he's only had like one or two bad games this year. <laughs> Other than that, he's just. That's why I think he's just by far going to win our best and fairest this year. Um, he's had. So yeah, so proud of him. He's had thirty disposals. I'm trying to get all the. I'm trying to find it here on my computer as I'm talking to you. Um, he's had thirty disposals. He's had. Yeah, I don't know. I can't find it. He was by far the best, I thought. Yeah, yes. he was, he was, I think he was. And I think he and Duggan are fighting out the BNF this year. I, I pick, as you know, I picked four out at the moment. I think Kelly, Duggan, Oscar and Bailey Williams are their top four players, whether or not all. But I, and I, but I think I think Liam Duggan is unassumed uh, by a lot of people. If, he, if, if you said exactly what you said there, Dan, if we were in a top eight team, Liam Duggan would be in the All-Australian team this year. Because yeah. he's by far best halfback going around, running halfback going around. And just on the game, the big difference in that game was Zach Merritt. I know they were put Parrish in that best, but, but Zach Merritt made the mo- most difference in the second half of that game. There's no question. I got his I got his uh, run sheet. 30 disposals, 5 clearances, 10 marks, 7 score involvements, 4 inside 50s, 5 rebound 50s. So it's all over the ground. 21 pressure acts, 4 tackles, 486 metre gain. Three intercepts and eighty percent efficiency. So probably one of his best games for the year, Tim Kelly. And he yeah, got engaged. Was that? And he got engaged too. To oh, yes. Congratulations. Because oh. we know he's an avid listener of Evil Nation. So congratulations yeah. to the couple, you know. I know yeah. his old man's a fan of Eagle Nation because um, I put up the player of the round and it was on his page straight away. He shared it, so that was pretty good to see. Uh, look, um, before we round it out, we'll quickly talk about the wa- um, the waffle. Um, I forgot the waffle was even on because there was a bye last week and we played Peel Thunder, but, again, we're back to five players again and it was a walloping 98 points. The difference, uh, Peel Thunder, 1980, 18 to five goals, four, and I think we only had Foley was in there with 20 disposals, Baker, 17 disposals, uh, Jamison, 16 disposals, 10 hit-outs. Um, who else have we got? And we got Barnett, uh, 10 disposals, eight hit-outs. So they're the only players from the Eagles in the in the team. So I know Isaiah Winder went over east, so he was held out. Greg Clark played as a sub, come on late. Uh, I don't think he was even going to get a run there at one stage when they were talking in the third quarter. Uh, him and Simo and Zane Chu's out injured with a groin. So for those who have been wondering where he is, he is out injured again. So that's a waffle. So there's not much really to talk about there, really, is there, boys? No, it's no. Sad. It's a sad state of affairs, our waffle. But yeah, it's just so disappointing because there's a status. You, know, you need that 12 plays in there, the AFL plays, or it's just not a viable team. And once we got back down to five, it was like, here we go again, you know what I mean? Just when you look, thought we're getting players back. But um, be interesting to see the injury list that will be released tomorrow, see if we will get any back because, um, yeah, it's, 
it's actually starting to really annoy me, Wayne, to be honest, like very much so. Um, because every year I come in and I say, and I, that's why I joke that I keep jinxing it. I get so excited to see how the Eagles waffle team will play. Because realistically, Clark should be running around there. True should be running around there. Windsor should be running around there. West should be running around there. Luke Edwards should be like, you know, if he's out of form in there. You know, Jack Williams should be in there. All these plays should be in there, but they're not because we've got such a bad injury list still. It's just it's a bloody mess, Wayne. I'm sick of it. Well, I've been speaking with a couple of people in Victoria close in their VFL and all that, and uh, the word is over there, all the clubs there want an AFL reserves, so they've got more control over players and who they can pick. They were astounded that the Eagles couldn't pick some of the stuff that they've got access to. They were saying, how, how can you uh, have a development in your waffle side when you, you're hamstrung with stupid restrictions like that compared to what exactly. they're doing there? Um you know, you, you can't get a Harley Reid. So Harley Reid played for Carlton and he's played for uh, Essendon. You can't do that in the waffle. You've got to mm-hmm. apply for six months in advance to try and get that done if you want to play someone in the reserve side. And if they do it, they can't play it in the league, so it has to be in the reserve side. So, you know, it, two years' time, I think the year before you see the introduction of Tasmania, I think you'll see there's subtle shift towards an AFL reserves competition and I think the autonomy that the um, AFL clubs, especially in the state clubs, I think they'll have a lot better grasp on where they're going and who they can play and it's got to be detriment to the waffle but these things happen and you got to embrace moving you got to go with the changes. So that's the way I see it. So we'll, we'll see how, how that happens. Um, you know, the WAFC needs to wake up as well. They own the licences for the Eagles and Dockers, so something's got to happen there. Um, I briefly mentioned Greg Clark because um, he didn't play. He only played like half a quarter, basically. Did, did they drop him back to the waffle or has he done a sub this week again? I, I don't know. It's pretty hard to give him a sub two weeks in a row if he's not getting the match load into him. What, what's your thoughts, Dan? We didn't get any injuries, eh? Bailey Williams would be out, but he obviously can't play Ruck, so I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't like the sub, especially if you're only playing 10 minutes of a game. It's just a waste of talent. Um, but, see, I'm so much more bigger picture with this. This is why, and we talked about before, this is why I think we need to retire some of our stars because we can't have the injuries anymore. You know what I mean? We, we've got to have the numbers in the waffle. And if you don't retire stars, you're going to have to retire West. You're going to have to retire... O'Neill, not retire, D-list O'Neill, um, Clark, you know, you're going to have to get rid of these players before they get a real chance because they said they want to take four or five players in the draft. We're already one over with Marrick. So we need to D-list a minimum of about eight players, I think, this um, no, six players. So, yeah, you just think, well, who's going to get delisted if we hold on to a Shuey, if we hold on to a Nick Nat? That, and Nick Nat already can't play the first half of the season, they're saying. Mm. So it's just... Are you going to, for the sake of maybe eight games, ten games for Shuey to play in one year, you know, Nick Nat maybe not play or play eight games for the year, are you going to delist and get rid of a West or a Clark and not give them a chance, you know? Because worst-case scenario, they're good depth plays, but it'll strengthen the waffle side having them. So, yeah, that's just my opinion on the matter. Right, I don't know if you guys have heard, but Shannon Hearn's uh, farewell game against Adelaide, round 24. They've just released the fixture, and I did write it yep. down here. We're on a Saturday night, 6.10 p.m. 
Saturday night. Yep. Yeah, August the 26th, so it's prime time TV for Bunker's farewell, and it could be somebody else's farewell, like Luke Shuey's, yeah. and who knows, Nick Nat might put his hand up and uh, say, well, I've got a second bub on the way. Uh, it's time for me to put my feet up and get a, a motorcade around yeah. the uh, the ground. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be interesting, but that's the last round for those who want to hear it first here on Eagle Nation. Uh, Bailey Williams, roughly, uh, quickly, I meant, um, I know we've spoken off air and all that. I thought there was nothing in it. I freezed it and went frame by frame. I think he will get off. Wayne, do you reckon he gets off, yes or no? I, yes, I think he gets off, and I think Nick should retire. He should do the right thing and retire. Uh, Dan, does uh, Bailey Williams get off? By the time people hear this, he probably got off or he might not have. He gets out tomorrow night. Uh, I hope he gets off, but I'm against the majority of the people here. Like He bumped and he hit him in the head. Uh, it was soft, so he gets a week, you know. But the so- like that's just the state of the AFL. If he hit him high and knocked him out, he gets three weeks or two weeks. Yeah. So he, he, he bumped him, hit him high, didn't knock him out, so he just gets the one. So but the initial it doesn't matter. Does doesn't matter. If you tackle someone and then the tackle then slides high, still high. Well, you know, it doesn't matter where you initially hit someone. All right, well, we'll see what happens. I'm hoping he gets off. Um, otherwise, we you know, you got Jamison that could come in or Barnett can have his second game in the uh, blue and gold. Um, I'd probably see more Jamison doing it. Yeah. 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 To be honest, I, I just I hope he does get off because I'd love to see Williams versus Jackson, two young rucks going at it. Considering how much Freo paid, I'd like to see that gap. You've paid this much for Jackson, but if you just developed a young ruck under Darcy, you know you could have saved your picks. So, well, we'll, we'll talk more um, on bounce down about the Western Derby Fifty Seven or the RAC Derby, whichever you want to call it. Um, it's going to be an interesting game because they lost by three points. They should have won that one. We've lost by one point, so it's going to be bragging rights, but technically we don't want to win, do we, Wayne? <laughs> no, no. We should have won. The, actually, we should have won the last game. That was the, that was the turning point of our season, to be honest. That's when we got about eight injuries in that one game. So we should have won that, but we don't want the, we don't want to win anyway. Let's no, make right. a game of it. If we do yeah. win, it's McKercher. It's McKercher. No. Start talking McKercher. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should because we need midfielders, but I think if it wasn't Reid, I think they'll go Curtin, even if they pick him yeah. one or two early. But the irony is the two clubs coming for us is GWS and Melbourne. They want that pick. Uh, Melbourne will have to get a bit creative to get an extra pick to give us the three first rounds. But it would be very ironic if we end up with the three picks they initially gave up because, yeah. you know, we'll get, we'll get a few of their picks, though. So it will be funny, like, you say we got pick four, which is theirs, and then we get Curtin with that. It's like, there you go. You could have had Curtin, basically, but now we've got him with your pick. So I'd love to rub that into some Freo fans, you know what I mean, if that did eventuate. Like, we don't, yeah. don't get out the rouge yet. That, that might be a late player in the trade, and we've got three mm-hmm. games to go. So um, anyway, thanks for joining us, boys. Um, we'll be in the studio next week, um, and we'll do a longer show, hopefully, um, and it'd be good to wrap up on the uh on the derby. So um, until then, guys, uh, spread the word on Eagle Nation. Tell your mates to listen to it if they haven't had a listen and uh, get onto um, our social pages and uh, put in some questions there if you need them asked. And uh, until next time, boys, uh, go Eagles, eh? Go Eagles.